I like death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in fright. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Hey everybody, welcome to B-Bytes, a B-Troved Minnesota. I'm Katie, and with me today is... I'm Chris, and thank you for tuning in to another Kinder Trauma episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk about this today. Yeah, we've been doing, it seems like we've been doing a lot of Kinder Trauma stuff, but it's, I don't know why, it just sort of, we're on a roll with it right now, so we'll get back right. to some different stuff here soon, but... Um, I wanted to expand a little bit on what we've been working on as far as these weird uh, childhood things. And this week, I want to talk about VHS covers that scared the bejesus out of you as a kid. Oh, yeah. They definitely left an imprint on me. Yeah. And it was like when you go to, and we talked about this briefly before, but there's like this little gas station in uh, this little town in Louisiana called Winfield where I, my grandmother lived and my mom's from. And we lived there for a little while with my grandmother, and we'd go to this little gas station, and they'd have, um, they'd have their their VHS rack, and mm-hmm. everything on it seemed terrifying. Also, maybe because mm-hmm. it was so like dirty, you know what I mean? Like, sure, like everything was kind of grimy. Yeah. Um, but That'll man, happen. everything on that rack used to just scare the shit out of me. Well, our childhood was definitely the still the time period where you would go to a video store and. Unless they were, you know, you were at a blockbuster and they were literally playing something on the TV, all you had to go by was the cover. Oh, yeah. And um, much like going to, imagine She's if like you Netflix. would. So kids, yeah. imagine if you would a library, which is a place where we keep books <laughs> and there's all these things on the shelves and the only way to really know what is inside of it is to like maybe read the back of the cover yeah, but well, it's the same thing with like Netflix and Amazon and everything now, though. Yeah, it's, it's that gone title back image. around to that. I mean, like you, they have the the they have the autoplay thing on Netflix, sure. But if you're on Amazon Prime and you're searching around, it's all you have card. is that, that it's that thumbnail, that thumb, the cover, whatever they, however they do it, and then you can read the the synopsis. But it's it's gone back around to that model. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's. It's not public. It's not tactile. It doesn't give you that like freak out factor. And I guess you could get that way. Be interesting to see what kids are like, you know, in, in ten years, like how their kinder traumas come from this kind of thing. Sure, I feel like uh, kid mode on Netflix kind of helps prevent those uh, seven year old mm-hmm. eye level coming up to the most horrifying image you've ever seen. But also, it's kind of great. I feel like it yeah. shaped me in a positive way more than a negative way. Well, and what's interesting now for me, looking back. And like finding the ones that I remember off the top of my head and then kind of browsing to kind of see what stood out and um, what really, you know, stuck with me is it's I I see kind of a theme for me. Um, Me too. Visually speaking, eyes are a big theme for me. Um, And it's one of those things that simple kind of got me. More than, say, a collage of scary or a grotesque-looking zombie. Sure. And what and what we're doing today is we're going to go down, like, we made a list of probably about, like, five. Oh, 
good lord, I'm throwing things around the room. We made a list of like five of the VHS covers we could remember that were horrifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're just gonna we don't we don't know what each other's list is, and I want to see where the overlap is. I have a feeling there's one in particular that's going to be right at the top of our list. So while these are not necessarily in order, mine are not necessarily in order. They kind of are. Sure. So I'm gonna do my best to put them in a top five order, and I've got a couple of honorable mentions that 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 just weren't quite there, but still freaked me out because there's a huge list of these movies that scared the shit out of me. Absolutely. And, and I haven't was, seen most of them. There was one or two looking through where I was like, I want to remember this, <laughs> but I can't necessarily place it. And I'm not, it's one of those where um, I'm not sure if I'm just like, oh, that reminds me of this and it scares me um, or quite what it was. But it, there's definitely um, a, a, an interesting thread. So for me, coming up with number five, is one that I only remember part of this cover. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen this film. This is a 1982 uh, film. And I will say there's a specific... um, The VHS cover is is different than the, um, the, the movie poster. And the VHS cover has a real weird multi-toothed alien... And there is something coming out of its mouth or into its mouth that really gets me. And this film is called Extro. That is X-T-R-O. Extro, the extraterrestrial. Okay, so Extro, um, I didn't know you were going to even bring this up. Extro is very interesting. I know a little bit of the story of Extro. And I've never seen it. Extro, I believe, is English. Am I right? Let me double check because I don't want to uh, misquote. This is um, directed by Harry Bromley Davenport. Does it say what country it's from? I'm scrolling. I want to say it's English. Yes. Okay. So what that is, is a um, extra is a response to E.T. being very popular, mm-hmm. but it's a horror version. It is Into not. It. it is not E.T., but it was made, from what I understand, to capitalize on the E.T. sort of thing of that era. And it is actually, <clears throat> excuse me, it is actually a, a common kinder trauma movie for a lot of people. Um, I've heard Edgar Wright talk about it. That's the reason I know about Extro. He brought it up in something, and I can't remember what it was, but it was one of those movies that really creeped, scared the shit out of mm-hmm. a lot of kids because they thought it was like E.T. Because it was made on the heels of that. Right. And it's a B movie, or it's like a lower budget movie. Yeah, and I love the tagline is some extraterrestrials aren't friendly. There you go. It was literally released to capitalize on ET. Mm-hmm. Um, A man who is abducted by aliens returns to his family three years later, but his presence affects them negatively. See now that that we need to watch extra on here. Actually, it's one that I I forgot to put on the list, but I thought about a couple of times where I'm like, ah, oh, we need to put that on the list, and then I just didn't do it. So it, it, this particular. F- cover is just it's it's jarring it's got all the right colors it's right it it is bold it's made to scare children and it's simplistic right yeah it looks like hot garbage oh it is hot photoshop garbage what move what year was it was 84 82 82 okay that makes sense 
that was one that like I, I wouldn't always see it in a VHS store. I don't think I saw it as a kid because it's so old. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have been in the rentals necessarily, mm-hmm. but uh, or it would have, but it would have been one that I'd had to dig past. But sure, I it's very funny you brought up Extra because I was thinking about that movie just the other day. That shows you how I am as a human being. <laughs> so how about you? What so, brings ladies in and your gentlemen, five? Lady, all the ladies and, and and gentlemen out there, if your significant other says things like, "I was thinking about spends their time thinking about Extra, the extraterrestrial," mm-hmm. everything's fine, and you should continue your relationship. There are no problems. Sure. You could also. You're a completely normal person, and there's no issues here. You should also look into teletherapy. (laughs) So, what I have at number five is a. um, It's a very. It's it's another. It's a movie I haven't seen. A few of these are movies I haven't seen on purpose because the the cover scared the shit out of me as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, I just sort of put it out of my head. Even Mm -hmm. though I know a lot about this movie, or I've, you know, Ghoulies. Okay, that almost made my list. Yes. In fact, that was what got cut off my really? list. Really? Okay. So Ghoulies I have in here at number five. And I love the tagline, they'll get you in the end. Because it's, it's, it's a little gremlin thing coming out of a toilet. Yes. And, and he's got suspenders on and a belly shirt. horrifies me. Now, this movie was directed by... Um, well, it, this, is a, uh, this is another one of those... Um, Richard Band uh, did the music for this movie... Uh, this has a lot to do with um, that era of Charlie Band, Richard Band. We're, we're making essentially VHS movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would have been 1985. So this is that. This is kind of capitalizing on Gremlins. Mm-hmm. These are capitalizing on like any any of that like insert fantasy character in a weird setting kind of thing. Sure, kind of like a, I feel like there was this weird in a trend. normal setting. Excuse me. Was it part of that little uh, like little creature feature? Yeah, basically anything that a was like critter it was the, feature. It was yes, and critters. Critters is another one. It's like any type of little monster thing. Yep. And uh, and and I know very little about ghoulies. Same. I know of it as a as a as a phenomenon. I know it exists. Part of that era. So that's another movie we should totally watch. Oh um, yes, specifically because I mean, come on, Char- Richard Band did the the music, and we I've said it before. I love Richard Band. Um, and I think it might be good for me to face my fears on this. Yeah, it's a thing where we should go through this list and, and definitely do that, where we look at kind of these were things we were too afraid to watch as kids. Yeah, because that is kind of what held me back from watching more horror earlier in my life before you kind of emboldened me <laughs> to explore. Just the general kinder trauma of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and another interesting thing about Ghoulies, Ted Nicolau is the director or the editor, and he directed Terror Vision. Interesting. So uh, it's part of that whole Charlie Band Empire Productions thing. I mean, technically, Charlie Band did not direct, did not directly produce Ghoulies, but his company put it out, and his sure. brother did the music. I mean, like it's all the same. Let's come up with the creepiest. Uh, let's come up with the creepiest posters and creepiest bits, and then mm-hmm. just make a movie based on that. So speaking of creepy posters, my next film is one of the rare occasions where the VHF cover and the poster are almost the same. Okay. And this is (gasps) Basket Case. Oh, okay. So Basket Case, uh, and we've talked about it before. It's sort of, it's right in that, it's in the Frank Hindenlauter verse. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it and um, um, Brain Damage. wrote and directed. Yep. And there's a, and Brain Damage crosses over with that movie uh, in the scene where the guy with the 
monster in the basket without yes. saying too much about it or reading too much about it because I know you haven't seen much on it and hopefully you haven't spoiled any of the plot of this movie. No, yourself. I haven't. I know nothing about this film. This is one that I'm speaking on that I remember seeing this cover in the it's movie It's a store. classic VHS cover. And the, it's simple. There is a creepy face and their hand is poking through the opening of a basket and it's really tight on their um, hand and eyes. And it is such a good image that they used it again for Basket Case 2. Oh, yeah. It is startling. <clears throat> and because of this cover, I never watched this movie. It stuck with me. Yeah, well, and Basket Case is pretty fucked up. I, I, I feel like I don't, again, I feel like I've seen Basket Case, but but that might be because I'm just so familiar with it. Um, Man, I'm, my voice is, I'm just having some serious allergies. You can hear it in my voice. It's coming through right now. We've been having a lot of rain in the last four oh, yeah, hours, and it's just been kind of stirring <laughs> things up. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is, uh, unless you have anything else about Basket Case, I'd kind of like to not because I want to watch Basket Case with you as fresh on it as possible, with it, like fresh eyes. Perfect. Um, so my number four is a movie, again, that I've never seen, and it should be because it's by one of my favorite directors who just passed away, 1987's Dolls. Okay. Yeah, that was almost on my list. It's a horrifying cover. So, to me, this is a doll. And we'll put we'll put all of these covers up on uh, Instagram. You guys can go follow along. We'll do uh we'll just do a you can swipe through. Yeah. Um this reminds me of a of a doll version of a character that um oh I can't say the character's name with the eyes in his hands. Yeah, from uh, Guillermo del Toro's yes. character from, um, 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 oh my God. I know. Oh my God. This doll has plucked her own eyes out and is holding for us to see. And she has kind of like skull morphations on her face. And she is just, she's horrifying. Yes. She's holding her eyeballs in her fingers. She's truly the doll of my nightmares. I, I I don't know why I can't remember the movie you're talking about, and it's bothering me a lot. I just wish that instead of thinking you had spent that time uh, looking it up. Eh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> it doesn't matter because that's not the movie we're talking about. This it's- movie was directed by Stuart Gordon, who just passed away. Again, director of uh, Reanimator and the only person who's ever been able to adapt, uh, to adapt H.P. Lovecraft uh, to film. In a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, another Charlie Band movie. This is uh, another Empire production because they were so good at making these creepy like uh, cover art for things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stuart Gordon, uh, produced by Charles Band and Brian Usna, who made uh, Society and all of those um, great fucked mm-hmm. up movies. And I believe Brian Usna also produced um, Brain Damage, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, this was all done for uh, Empire Pictures one of Charlie Band's companies. And and I, I don't know anything about dolls, and I've never even read the plot. I don't know what happens. And honestly, I don't want to read the plot because at some point we need to watch it. Because it's one of those horror movies that, like you said, scares the bejesus, scared the bejesus out of me just seeing that cover. Yeah, it was just too much. And really any type of doll thing. I think as a kid, uh, I think the fear of ventriloquist dummies was a thing mm. for me. And, it, and it, it's a thing for a lot of people. And I wonder if it, it had this sort of resurgence when we were kids in the early 90s. Because I know there was a Goosebumps book that based that did stuff about that. Sure. About essentially a Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin. A Charlie McCarthy dummy. I was with you. 
and I had a Charlie McCarthy dummy when I was a kid because I wanted to try to learn. Okay. So I was a really cool kid. Um, <laughs> you had a lot of friends. In that little part of, I actually did, in that little part of a uh, time when I wanted to be a magician mm-hmm. because magic was really cool, I also wanted to figure out how ventriloquist dummies work. It was just me being extremely inquisitive. Sure. So I did get a Charlie McCarthy dummy as a, one of my Christmas presents and yeah, it creeped me the fuck out. Like, you were also a big problem solver. Like, you, if you saw an adult do something, you wanted to figure out how you could do it because you could do it too. Yeah, and and so ventriloquism was that that kind of thing. So I learned a little bit about that, and I also think it came from uh, there was an episode of Doug where he had a he mm-hmm. had a little dummy and mm-hmm. was doing bits. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to do that clearly because Doug is my idol. Yeah, um, and those dead eyes have a little bit to do with it. The eyes are rough. Uh, mine was a cheaper dummy. The eyes didn't move. Uh, the plat, the, uh, just the mouth did. Uh-huh. It was just the string pull. They weren't style. the weighted eyes that rocked yeah. if you moved the head back. And um, and I figured out a little bit of it, and it was kind of a fun thing. But those dummies always freaked me the fuck out because once I got it in my head that 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 thing had some sort of anthropomorphic like fear element attached to it. Oh, once I learned it that went under a the, soul or a demon could be trapped in it and haunted forever. It, yeah, it went under the bed and didn't come out. Yeah. Why did you put it under <clears> the bed? It could have gotten you. You're not wrong. In hindsight, <laughs> I could have done a million other things with it. Well, but Dolls is one of those is one of those covers that just really freaks oh, me out. And, and the, the tag on the top of it is they walk, they talk, they kill. Uh, and like Katie said, it's like a little doll holding her eyeballs and you can see like a skull for some reason. I mean, if you put this up next to the Ghoulies one too, it really looks like they had maybe the same artist did these, but oh, it looks totally like possible. they just did them all at once and we're like, we got to make movies based on this, which yeah. is probably what happened because that's what Charles Band did. That's what this era was. So what's your number three? My number three is also in the theme of eyes. Really? This... At number three, huh? Yeah. I think I know what it is and I think it's my number one. I don't know. This one we've both definitely seen. In fact, if anyone who's listening to this hasn't seen this one, I'm a little concerned. The tagline for this is too terrifying, too frightening, too much. Too furious? I wish. This is Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Oh, yeah. This You know, most most people don't know that Evil Dead 2, the title is Dead by Dawn. Correct. <laughs> or the subtitle, or I think it was supposed to be the title. I don't remember. But anyway. Everyone remembers 2. it as Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is a horrifying uh, thing because it's the fucking, it's a skull with human, uh, with like with alive eyes. eyeballs. <laughs> However, the sockets are filled in with, and it's like photoshopped so that they blend into the skull. And it is really just, uh, it's a very impactful it's definitely one of the most iconic like VHS covers, like yes. posters. Ever. And since it is, it's not painted, it's not drawn. And you know, Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, that poster is great too, with totally. the woman grabbing, reaching up and yep. grabbing from getting pulled in the ground. Yep. Um, Evil Dead franchise has wonderful imagery. Um, this particular film uh, came out in '87, uh, um, and it is. Just a, it's a great watch, and Sam it's Rainey essentially just, it's essentially Evil Dead one with more money. It is. It, it, they just rehashed the plot. It's Evil Dead more, and I. It, it is Evil Dead, more. <laughs> and I and I love it. It's Evil um, Dead plus, but the Evil Dead plus definitely stuck with me, and that cover was kind of like an icon of a warning shot of like if you can't handle this cover you can't handle the movie and and in reality there it's much more of a uh, evil dead 2 is almost more of a comedy 
than the yeah, first one. Yeah, I think <laughs> having seen it now and and remembering the fear that this cover brought to me as a child, I am kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I did not need to be that 100%. fearful, especially of this film. Um, really, really fun. Now, at number three, I have, um, man, okay, this was a difficult, if if I'm having to rank them, this is a bit difficult. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the one, one that really got me, and it's not one you're going to expect. Silence of the Lambs. Okay. I am not surprised, for one. The Silence of the Lambs cover art is... Beautiful. Yeah, it's and it's on every Silence of the Lambs book and VHS yep. and everywhere. Yep. But there is something about it with the uh, the moth, the butterfly over the mouth, and that whitewashed thing. face. Yes, super close up. And it just says the Silence of the Lambs, and it doesn't tell you anything about the movie. And it's genius because that super close up shot but... of that of her face mm-hmm. is almost is very objectifying. Um, it, you don't. It doesn't matter who this woman is on the cover. It, that's not Clarice. That's not a victim. Isn't it Clarice? No, it's not. No, it seems like it is. No, that cover image is representative to me of all of Buffalo Bill's victims. That it is to represent you. Okay. The viewer, the reader, and it horrified me as well. It's definitely one that came up when we first talked about doing this um, particular topic. Yeah. And whitewashing her and putting that vibrant uh, moth over her mouth creates such a great contrast that it just jumps off of any shelf. You know what? Um, that is Jodie Foster's mouth. You think it is? It yeah. is Jodie Foster's mouth? Yeah, it is. I was like looking it up while you were talking. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Jodie Foster. For some reason, I didn't think that it was, but um, I absolutely believe you. Um, but anyway, either way, you're very correct. Stark. That's it's great. that's what it's. So that is a that is a, a fascinating representation of that, or uh, explanation of what that represents. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it's scary. It's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing about Silence of the Lambs as a horror movie, because it is a horror movie, and it it just happens to be the one horror movie that has been like mm-hmm. actually acknowledged by the Academy. And the sure. mainstream film world. Um, sure, because I think I view that a lot movie, of critics would say it's a, a thriller. Yeah, it's. I view it as more of a thriller, but it's a horror movie. It, it kind of falls in between the two. But either way, the cover scares the shit out of me. Everyone's seen it a million times, and that's that's my number three. That's where that sits. I really love it. Um, my number two mm-hmm. is a film that also came out in 1987. This film is called Enigma. I don't know it. So this film... um, Oh, God. I feel like I need to describe the cover to you first. This cover has a a woman with hands coming up around her. And I'm just... It's one of those covers that you kind of almost don't even know what you're looking at. I've never seen that cover ever. Look like spider legs i know nothing about this it it is it's just it creeps me the hell out so enigma was uh written and directed by uh lucio fulci oh it's a fulci movie okay and it, it is um it's 
a police detective at the crime scene um, is... Oh, I'm sorry. I was skipping ahead. He actually made... Fulci made a cameo in this film as the police director at the the crime scene. And um, it was... Hit me with the synopsis. Canadian. It's, it's, a, it's, it's Canadian? Yep. It's, a, it's an Italian movie. No. Shot in well, Canada. It, yes. Thank you. I would read you the synopsis. All of these, all of the is, giallo sort of movies, which I'm assuming that fits into that ter- that category, are, are this weird amalgamation of dialogue uh, that's in different languages, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's a long synopsis. You don't have to read it to me. Either way. So uh, what you mean at the end of the day is it's a Fulci film, so it's going to be confusing and weird. And it has a horrifying cover, but I have no idea if it has anything to do with the movie because I've never heard of it. And the cover is is horrifying and weird. So I think it's setting <laughs> you up in the right way. Where on earth did you see an obscure Italian horror film in a VHS store as a kid? You know, I, I guess maybe some... Demons was around. All those movies were around. Well, they? you also have to know that I spent a lot of time in never seen that once. alone in this kind of store. It would be. I'm bored. I don't want to walk around the freezer section because I'm freezing. So I'm going yeah, to walk up true. to the front of Albertsons and look at the movies. Also, yeah, you were in a you're in a, a more you're in a more metropolitan area when you were doing this too. I was in like the country, so I was getting like the the absolutely. Empire movies and whatever was like the the trashiest. So trash. I was exposed to your suburban movie <laughs> uh, like shops, you know, sure. your rental stores, but then. I, I spent a lot of time as a child in used movies and music stores. My dad is a huge yeah, music fan and we would spend a lot of time in record shops and it was inevitable that they had a collection of movies and VHSs. I hadn't accounted for that and with yours because yours can go a lot deeper I than mine I spent a lot of time digging through VHSs. Yeah. That's that is a horrifying cover. If I saw that as a child, I would be like, and you're fun. a little drawn to it because there's some hot pink on there, yeah. and in they're cool colors. It's great contrast. Well, look at Neon Maniacs. I don't remember that ever being a movie that I was ever familiar with. But when you see the cover of Neon Maniacs, you're like, oh, this is that era. Yep, I know what this is. And this tagline is: "They made a clown out of Kathy once too often." Oh, that's is that's a very Fulci movie. That's all I need to know. Yep. It's like all of those yellow films. And I love the titles. Enigma is is appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, my number two is uh, there's some variants, but the original cover is the one that scares the shit out of me. And that is Pumpkinhead. Okay. Pumpkinhead narrowly missed my list. So that another one that didn't quite fit on yours? And I'm talking about this cover of Pumpkinhead. And that is the exact cover that I'm recalling. Because it's the hand-drawn original sort of MGM release mm-hmm. cover uh, that's like a, like a cartoon version of Pumpkinhead. And it's got the orange Pumpkinhead at the top. Again, we'll share all these on our Instagram. But uh, yeah, and, and I've seen Pumpkinhead. Uh, I saw it way later. I didn't see Pumpkinhead until probably like five, ten I years haven't. ago. I haven't. Um, it's great. Pumpkinhead is fun. It's very weird. Uh, Lance Hendrickson is in it from mm-hmm. Aliens and everything. You know, Lance Hendrickson, Near Dark. Uh, it's a very weird movie that's sort of about rednecks, mm-hmm. but sort of not. Anyway, when I was a kid, the whole mythos of Pumpkinhead, because I had a lot of friends that had older siblings. Sure. And I was the oldest sibling. So, and, and I had a lot of, when I, especially when I was in like Louisiana. A lot of friends that are older siblings, a lot of friends that 
were uh, lower income mm-hmm. and their parents weren't around mm-hmm. as They're much because they had to work children. way harder. We talked about this latchkey kids, uh, you know, so they, to their older siblings kind of either raised them more during the day or they were latchkey, they were there on their own. So they would watch these fucked up bizarre movies that would that I wouldn't get because mm-hmm. I'm basically living with my grandmother and my parents and my sure, little brother. She had something else on the TV. Yeah, she was watching Price is Right. You know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. watching Nickelodeon in the afternoon uh, serving old ladies coffee when they come over to have, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So when I would hear the stories of things like Pumpkinhead, that just scared the shit out of me. It became a legend. It was like Candyman and Pumpkinhead. Right. Like those were legends, particularly Candyman because we were in Louisiana at the time. Oh, yeah. So that's a very Louisiana tale. Um, so things like Pumpkinhead and 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 Candyman would scare the shit out of me. And just hearing the little, like hearing them relay the telephone version of the plot of Candyman mm-hmm. or of uh, Pumpkinhead, just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So whenever I was in a store and I saw that cover, ugh, it almost boy, becomes more urban legend. It at that sticks point. with you. It's and see that could have even been Pumpkinhead could have been my number one. Just the way that it freaks me out. But. Well, and that those sinewy hands, and it really does look like something. This creature popped up and walked out of a field. A hundred percent. And that's basically what it is. And that's what gets you, especially as a kid, because you drive by a empty, undeveloped lot and you're like, that's where the ghost comes from. 100%. That was a battlefield. That was. And that's like, what and that just, cover looks like. Yes. It's like a fucked up version of the Great Pumpkin. Yes. This thing could have killed the children in the corn. A hundred percent. I. Now, do you have your you're tier number one, right? I am, and right. I have a feeling that our number one are is the, the same. same. So, I, on the count of three, I want you to to show it to me. You want to like walk paper scissors this and say what it is yes. at the same time? Just say on the count of three: one, two, three. Dead, Dead alive, alive. <laughs> hands down. It is the most horrifying cover. Absolutely, and it's not. It's not even the scariest cover. It's kind of goofy when you look at it. But when you're a kid, especially now as an adult, there's something about that font that makes me smile. The dead alive. Oh yeah. Text, but, but the mouth with the skull in it. Yes, and the, the, she is ripping her own mouth open, big, bigger than you should be able to. You can you can open your mouth that far. My kid. Probably, but we'll try it later. Okay. It, the, the skull inside of her mouth and the look of horror on her eyes is just shocking. Yeah. It's 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 upsetting. And that's a movie that, again, I've never seen it. And that's a travesty because for for a lot of people who aren't in the United States, they would know it as Brain Dead, mm-hmm. which is um, 1992. Uh, it's Peter Jackson's film. Mm-hmm. It's technically a slapstick horror movie kind of comedy kind of thing. Um, but that's what he was doing. That and Meet the Feebles. They were just mm-hmm. gross out super gore fest movies before he directed like fucking Lord of the Rings and all that but shit. But this cover not only scared me away from this film, but the genre as the whole. Yeah, this movie, it didn't scare me away from the genre, but what it did was it made me want to nothing to do with it. Right. Like, I didn't even want to pick it up, touch it. Like, it just was in the back of your head and ingrained. Because in 1992, see, this would have been, like, on the new release rack at any of these places, right? Exactly. So, for me, I would have found it, like, on an end cap of the horror uh, yeah, aisle yeah. and been like, nope, not walking in, down that one. In 1992, I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Right? Six, four, five, six. Yes, I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's like, and you were five or six too so this would have been you would see it and this would ingrain in your memory it's the perfect time period i would have probably been in kindergarten so is pumpkinhead i think pumpkinhead is probably 1992 i want to think that you're correct 
So it is just, it's a stark image. It it's really st- sticks with you. And it is just, it's, you get double the eyes again with these <laughs> creepy eyes. Pan's Labyrinth. Thank That's you. the movie you were thinking of earlier. I appreciate earlier. that. It's like been it's been sitting on my throat this whole time, and I can't breathe mm-hmm. because I'm I'm sitting here trying to say. Should we Pan's take a Labyrinth? deep breath together? Now we both. Oh, and let it out. Guillermo del Toro. Okay. It's amazing that we had the same one, but as soon as I said, as soon as I brought this up as a game for us to play on an episode, this was the image that came to mind. I knew you were going to have the same one as me. And we've never talked about it. It Mm-mm. came up on another podcast that we talked about that being a terrifying cover. But in my ingrained in my head is like, this has to be the one that scared the most kids our age. Sure. Either that or it's another reason of the universe like validating the fact that we are supposed to be partners. Oh, God, I know. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Um, and if we have kids or whenever we have kids, it, like the first thing I'm going to do is show them that at an early age every day until it scares them. Yeah, we're going to desensitize right. them. Uh, So what are some honorable mentions? Well, I've got one that really stuck out to me. And this particular film is interesting because the cover that I recall is not the same as what everyone else in the world would see. Okay. So this is one where we had a title change. And the cover that scared the bejesus out of me Mm -hmm. was the original. And this film is a 1985 phenomena. Phenomena. But da, 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 da. Phenomena. What? So what? the original title was Creepers. Okay, I've seen this. And I've seen this cover. This cover really got me because again, we've got a woman with very prominent eyes and half of her face is like melted away with a fully exposed eyeball and we've got some <laughs> exposed skull. We've got her hand in the foreground full of bugs, like waspy moths that are flying away, swarming towards the moon. Waspy moths? What are they wearing? Khakis and boat shoes? Yeah. Well, they uh, they look like wasps, guys, but their stingers guys, are like guys, upgraded. They're like yuppie you guys, wasps. You guys, that was a great joke. Okay. Everybody just quit listening. Yeah. Give up now. Um, but it, it, Dickhead. it is just, it's terrifying. It's creepy. The tagline is it will make your skin crawl. And this cover absolutely made my skin crawl. Another one of my, uh, one of my honorable mentions was a 1995 movie called ice cream man. Okay. Starring Ron Howard's brother. Oh my God. Yeah. This cover scared the shit out of me. And it was 1995, so I was probably like nine. Sure. But I saw this a lot. It was one of those direct, direct to video uh, horror movies that gained a real cult following. I believe at one point uh, Joe Bob Briggs showed it on Monster Vision. Okay, yeah. Shout out to uh, Last Drive In. I'm really yeah. loving that on uh, <clears throat> on Shutter. You should go check that out. But basically, it's just a horror movie about a scary ice cream man, as far as I know. And um, you know, well, you know, I think that a cherry nut with extra blood might be delightful you just never know a double scoop a double scoop of horror horrifying yeah yeah it 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 was a point where people realized that clint howard needed to be in horror movies because he's got a weird face yeah um and so that was one of them and then another one did you have any more okay so the other one that i that i thought about a lot was dr giggles and you're gonna have to okay 
Dr. Giggles starring um, Larry Drake, who's the bad guy in Dark Man. This image is scaring me now as a 33-year-old. I don't care for this cover. Oh, yeah. It's a creepy one. So we have It didn't someone... make my list because it's not as like immediately comes to mind as the other ones did. But to be honest, Ice Cream Man came to mind first. Sure. But it just wasn't it didn't hit the same thing. So the Ice Cream Man cover is just Clint Howard in holding an ice cream cone with blood on it. Sure. That's it. But he's as but a he's, child he was terrified. It's mostly that Clint Howard is creepy. Yes. This cover is like the exorcist meets a hospital, a psycho hospital doctor thing. This cover reminds me And the tagline is the doctor is out of his mind. This cover creeps me out because he's got this like bandaging, this gauze. It doesn't look like it's white, like a surgical mask wrapped around his face. It looks like it's bandaging and there's something uh, suffocating and... Um, and at the bottom, he's there's a silhouette of him standing in front of a, the steps to a house holding a doctor's bag and he's got a scalpel behind his back. And this looks like Haunted Hill House. Like, oh, yeah. This looks like a house that has been paranormally investigated. These are both movies that we've got to watch for the podcast. Absolutely. They're, if the, you know, the cover is in the indication, which I'm sure it isn't. Probably not. Um it's that's either a, that's a horrifying, horrifying cover. or terrible. That I mean, right it's going to fit. You know, it's going to be probably way, both. I am in. You know, another one more of these that that just dawned on me um, was a movie called The Dentist. Okay. So, The Dentist from 1996. I will tell you that that cover is not as scary to me as the sequel. This is starring uh, Corbin Burnson, The Dentist Two. So this is a Brian Usna movie, and this is a horrifying image. Oh, my. Oh, my. So The Dentist 2, Electric Boogaloo, has really stepped up their game. Because the first, the first so one... I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. This first episode... Because that's movie, what it is. It's a, it's a whole step ooh, up. I mean, so the first one is scary because it's like really it's orange and it's a dentist. And there's a person with their hands in someone's mouth and the angle is terrifying. But this looks as though someone has replaced this person's teeth with nails. I actually look at it closer. It's more like glass. It is. Or metal. Yeah, like they look like fish hooks or like nails, shards like of shards glass. of like horror. <laughs> and this person's opening their mouth real wide, like, uh, yeah, uh, it's I it's upsetting. Uh. And you know they're hungry. I really like I really like the puns involved on this. It says the the su- the 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 subtitle to this movie is "You Know the Drill." Oh God. And there's a quote on the cover that says, this one really hits a raw nerve. Oh, yeah. Um, that reminds me that <laughs> so bad. The, is, Driller Killer is one. Oh, that Driller also, Killer is a good one. Yep. That was a that was also imagery that stuck with me. Shit, man. What's another good? There's a lot of good ones. Maniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> this is horrifying covers. The Initiation. That movie, the cover is very phallic. It's, it's like it's a, somebody holding a, a candle. That turns mm-hmm. into a woman and it's dripping. It's like it's very masturbatory. Mm-hmm. Um, what was uh, Slumber Party Massacre? That's a good one that too. we did. It has a really 
creepy, gross, I'm holding my dick. It does because it's it. the drill hanging between his legs and the foreground with these girls. It's, the image. it's an image from the movie. Um, it's Which we talked about this image in the movie because it yeah. stuck out so much. And it makes sense that they use it for the cover art because it's just so... Super creepy. But it also encapsulates exactly everything you need to be prepared for for that film. Yeah, it's it 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 extols all. It gives away all of its uh, sort of feminist undertones. Yes, in one image on the poster. Yes, which is what the movie seems yeah. to be built built around that image. But I man, also, there's there's a lot really when you think about it. Of these movies that just scare the shit. I wish I honestly wish it could go back. I, it's going to be tough because of the fucking coronavirus pandemic, but. In L.A., they've been doing a thing called, excuse me, uh, Slashback Video mm-hmm. out in uh, the Valley. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a, it's it's sort of a pop-up fake video shop mm-hmm. where you can go in and just get this same experience. Sure. And um, it's, it's something that I really want to experience because there are so many that I don't remember mm-hmm. that going through some images uh, just yesterday, it was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, this is horrifying. Mm-hmm. I remember that. But it was hard to connect the experience because looking back, the ones that traumatize you really stick out and the ones that that probably traumatize you but you weren't paying attention, those are the ones that I want to remember. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> so for me, another experience that I can recall that these covers brought back to me is um, there were several years through my uh, elementary school years where um, we were going back and forth to the Midwest a lot my um aunt lived in garden city kansas Ooh, fun which is smack dab in the middle of nowhere there's a great little community college there um of course there is that services the plains of kansas like all of it all of it and we would go fun fact no matter how far you are away from that college you can still see it yeah because yeah, it's can. on the plains yes um, so we would go up there for, um, a week or two. My grandmother was a snowboard bird and she would spend time. I thought you can say snowboarder and I yep. was going to be like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So she would spend time, um, up in Kansas and Nebraska during the summertime. And then she'd sure. come down to Texas to see my dad and uncles and all of us, um, for a milder winter. And I recall staying at my aunt's in Garden City and like borrowing a a cousin's bike and just roaming around this small town because that's not something that I got to do in the suburbs of Dallas. No. Um, It was too... Also, again, I have to make the joke twice. You're in Kansas, so no matter where you went in town, your parents could see you. If you wanted to get away from them, you just hid behind the farthest building. Correct. And everyone (laughs) in this town knew who my aunt was. Oh, yeah. And they all knew who I was because she had told the entire town we were coming to visit beforehand. Of course. So I could literally walk into a gas station, and if I didn't have enough money, they would get it from my Uncle Sam next time they saw him. Sure. And... that is an instance that was actually the first place I think that they had a um a three screen movie theater. Oh yeah. Um I very vividly remember losing a tooth with a milk dud because <laughs> my sister was determined to help me lose this tooth because she was just sick of it. And that was the first time I snuck into a double feature where we went for one film and then we snuck in to what see What did you see? Eraser. Eraser, the the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Uh-huh. Oh boy. Weird. 
So that town had a movie store, and I remember going into it was like a family video esque, but yeah. I don't think that was a chain. Sure, and we I had those too seeing... in Winfield when I was in in Louisiana. It wasn't it wasn't all just the gas station. Right, there were rental stores. That yeah, we would, it's the same thing there. But boy, I remember that specific gas station. Mm-hmm. So it was right on Front Street. They put it out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it was the corner at the only light yeah. in town. Yeah. So where you were, yeah, this was a little bit bigger town. <laughs> this is still only like you know, still a tiny little sure, town, but not as small as that. Um, but I I definitely remember some of those older film covers really jarring me, and that was when they still kept the films in those um like the plastic sleeves for the VHS and they had aged and become yellowed or scratched over the years. Oh yeah, the ones that sat in the window and and, clamshells. It almost made these movies even scarier because they had to be kept in these little capsules. They just looked dirty. That were weathered and grimy looking because that acrylic doesn't age very well. Yeah. Um, And I think that being in that smaller town, they had, you know, older movies that had been there longer or cheaper or easier, you know, harder to find that they just kept over the years. Um, And just floor to ceiling films oh, I've never heard of. Reanimator was a big one. That cover oh, used to freak yeah. me out. But that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like a top 10 movie of mine. Like I love Reanimator. Absolutely. And I still haven't seen Bride of Reanimator and I've just been saving it because I know I'm going to love it even though it's not <laughs> as good. And I have had a copy of it for years but and you, I purposefully just not watched it. Because I'm like, you can only get to watch it for the first time once. once. Yes. And you want that to be special. And it's not the same and I know it's not as good but I am excited to watch it. Yeah. But the time's got to be right. Yeah, we're going to watch it for the podcast. Oh, I love it. But I, we we don't have to do... That's the thing. We don't have to do the first movie of... This is not like... If we've seen the first movie, we, I don't feel like we have to do it for the show. But I do get how it would make sense to do, do sure. the first one first. Just in, for the sake of continuity. Understandable. So we'll do that. We'll do we'll do Reanimator one day. I've seen it so many times that I could literally. I won't even have to take notes. No. Um, In fact, you could probably talk about it blind without. But you have so all of the. Do you remember? Is this where you saw a lot of these at places like that? Mm Hmm. So it was either one or two places because these particular movies weren't necessarily hanging around my blockbuster, right? Um, when those rolled in, but there were like a handful of them, Dead Alive, for example, was definitely at my grocery store shop. But the real deep, terrifying ones, I either saw at a small town movie store mm-hmm. or I saw it at a used music and movies. Well, you know, and the the concept you mentioned of like the three theater, the three screen theater, mm-hmm. we had. So when I was in the Winfield, there was no theater in town. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be old-timey theaters like that there, but they just closed down. So people drove to a town called Natchitoches, where we got mm-hmm. engaged, mm-hmm. or uh, they'd go to Alexandria or Monroe, and that was Fun where the fact. closest big theater was. Fun fact, Natchitoches is where Steel Magnolias was filmed. Yeah. Um, so Natchitoches we'd go to more often because it was closer to Winfield. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So that's a good that's a good thing. When you if you guys have seen Steel Magnolias, that's where my mom's from. That mm-hmm. North Louisiana area. It's not as mm-hmm. swampy. It's more like big pine trees and lots of like creeks. <clears throat> yeah, creeks and pine trees and rivers. Mm-hmm. It's it it leads to the swamp. It's yes. the connector from Arkansas to the swamp. Yes, so it's a little swampy, but a lot of like it's it's like the biggest pine forests in the country yes um that's where we get a lot of paper mm-hmm. uh so the smell of a, i don't know if you ever smelled a paper mill it's it the aw- most awful horrible. smell it literally just smells like rotten eggs if it's you sulfur. think sulfur is bad 
That's sulfur what it is. trees is terrible. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's the the sulfur produced from the you know produ- paper production is disgusting. But anyway, so in Alexandria, there's this little theater that I believe is still there. I don't know, um, but it it had like maybe six screens, six or mm-hmm. eight. But it was like such a '90s, late '80s movie theater, yeah. um, and I remember. You'd go in and there would be, since there's only like six movies showing, there's only like one family movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's always some sort of horror thing going on. They mm-hmm. kind of hit the genres of whatever was out. And I remember Bram Stoker's Dracula stuff scared the shit out of me. Right. Because that movie came out and like the the all of the big cutouts and standees that mm-hmm. they would put in there were giant for that movie. And they yes. were stone looking. They were and massive. And it said Bram Stoker's Dracula and it had that, that, that uh, yes. Dracula sort of head thing on it like that shit used to scare me but that that's such a specific era and i think also it has to do with being that age that things just freak you out i mean yeah katie and i talked about this a lot there that i the things that still scare me from when i was a kid are weird it's like like extremely large animals that are inanimate you know like 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 cg like or things that are not supposed to animatronic dinosaurs freak me out Um, or if it's like a like it just creeps me out. I like think going, that, to, like being trapped in an amusement park like Disney World mm-hmm. at night by myself when mm-hmm. no one's there, and seeing all these big fantasy objects that shouldn't exist—that scares the shit out of like me. Like Maleficent's dragon. Yeah, uh, I have a problem with life. that, and I have since I was a little kid. Yeah. Like since I went to Disney World as like a five-year-old, which is really ironic. It really freaks me. You're out. not the only one in your family who has an issue or a phobia with, size? with scale and size. Oh, my mother is uh, has a has an actual clinical phobia of um, little people. Yes, and she does not know why. She's a tall woman. She's about five ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm six three, which is funny because we went both ways. So things that are way bigger than me scare mm-hmm. me a lot. And then for her, I I don't know if it's a control thing, if she's afraid that she is too big, but she will literally faint. She has. And has woken up face down on a slot machine at the casino one time. Yeah, it, like she she blacked out in a Target once because uh-huh. she saw a, a little person. And she's like, I don't have a, pr-. she doesn't have a problem with them. No. But she has a, a, a actual phobia that has been literally diagnosed. Yes. <laughs> and it's such a weird thing. But it's yeah, really she bizarre. and I, we have a very weird split there. But yeah, those little things are, are what really freaked me out. But these VHS covers stick in your brain. Yes. And they're things that you can't, because that image doesn't change until mm-hmm. you see that movie but that's an interesting phenomenon once i've seen the movie the whole cover and image changes everything changes i'm more desensitized to it 100 but also i see it as a representation of as opposed right. like a synopsis of yeah. as opposed to a window or insight into yeah um like a pinhole yeah. into the film <laughs> um the other thing that i want to touch on as we wrap up is that i'm ex- that a lot of these films remind me of the drive-in culture yeah because so many of these well, we didn't get that growing up well, and Dad, I, drive-ins were pretty much dead when we. They were kids. really were, and there was a couple revivals here and there that I had the opportunity to go to as a child. All, really, all through my life, I've gone to a drive-in probably once every ten years, minimum, no more than that. See, the, the first time I'd ever been to a drive-in was when we went uh, here 
oh, in DFW wow. to actually watch a movie at a drive-in. So I definitely, I went to a drive-in as a child because there was a drive-in um, in Nebraska that my parents used to go to to watch films. Yeah. And it was literally on the corner of someone's lot, like on their farm. And they had closed it down. They were using the land. But seasonally, they would open it up for viewings like once a month in the fall or winter when they yeah. were able to with weather. But also they weren't using the land for crops. And so that was the first time I got to see a movie at the drive-in. I also um, had a few uh, but times you could see, in California. You could see other movies playing on other screens. No, this was a single oh, screen okay. drive-in, which yeah. was terrifying because literally behind it's framed by cornfield. Sure. And the way it should be, to yes, be honest. The way it should be. And, and honestly, I think that, that uh, drive-ins are going to make a comeback. And I think I they already sort of are, but I think that's something that we're going to look forward to yeah. in the future as we come out of this quarantine thing. Because I know that drive-in here, we haven't been in a couple Shout of years. Shout out to Coyote Drive-In. There's a couple here. Is it here. still here? Yes. There's okay. one. There's actually two, I believe, here in the DFW area, and then one, I believe, in Central or South Texas, um, Austin. They're a great drive-in. I mean, their interior like food area is going to go way down. But yeah. the fact that they can, you know, that you can go see a movie and not get in touch, like, have to touch other They've people. They've got a great food court with an arcade area. And sure. while that area is probably not going to be utilized too much, they'd still be able to do counter service yeah. and take out with appropriate social distancing. And there is really nothing better than snuggling up with some hot cocoa in your car and watching a film. We got to watch um, Halloween um, the last time we went to the Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Texas Chainsaw. It was so a it Halloween. Was a Double feature. Double feature, yeah. It was great. Uh, and it's just a really fun way to uh, to watch a film. And that's what these covers reminds me of, of that, um, you know, older shared yeah, they're, experience they're of films. Gonzo, weirdo, creepy, bizarre movies. It's, it's all based on that. It's it's all exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they're, just, they're exploiting a, a scary image to get you to buy a thing. Exactly. And I, I kind of love it. Yeah, I think it's, great. it's a great ploy. I really love it. It totally and worked on me. You know what? Next week when we do another movie, we will do something more fun and exploitative that doesn't just bring back memories of what scared us as children. I love it. Because <laughs> we've been on a big, big, big kinder trauma kick, uh, kick the last like three <laughs> episodes. But you know what? These are all, everything, every bit of this relates to kinder trauma. And I'd like to know what your kinder traumas are. Please. What um, stuck out to you and what platforms um, you were getting these through because I think that uh, where you were and how old you were really uh, like generationally um, changes how you were exposed to genre films oh, yeah. um, and the distribution bundles how they were doing things have changed over the years so it's it's really interesting to see 100% and you can shoot those to us at uh, any of our social media places at B betrothed pod on instagram i had a brain fart there <laughs> or at betrothed on twitter or you can just shoot us an email at b.trothed that's b.t-r-o-t-h-e-d at gmail.com you can find me on all the things at katie may 2k and you can find me at i am chris hayden and we're not going to tell you to go fuck yourself not this week well maybe a little bit you can fuck yourself you can do don't it, die but like for fun yeah but like for for enjoyment and not killing your and not you know to to keep yourself from killing your quarantine partner. Exactly. Which um, there was a, a murder not too far from here. Yesterday a body was found. And all Jesus. I could think was. Oh, that's right. 
All I could think was their quarantine partner just lost it. They, yes. just, they pushed the wrong buttons too long. On that not note, the case. On that fun note, <laughs> you guys enjoy your week and don't kill your significant other. Don't fuck off. No. And really just don't kill your Enjoy your week. Bye.